Let's play a theme song, guys. Yeah, uh huh. You know what it Hello everybody and welcome to Dynamic Panel. My name is Joseph and I'll be your host and spiritual guide through the most important news stories of the week. With me, of course, is a man that's funnier than Louis C.K. fighting with Louis Anderson. He's comedian David Allen Freitas. That would be pretty funny. I could see that. I could see that. Actually, you know that you know something that's uh, funny, Joseph, is I have a Calvin Klein jacket that I wear when I go do stand-up and it's kind of like an inside joke with Mostly comedians, also stands fans of co- comedy. They'll, uh, I, I show people, hey, it's a Calvin Klein jacket, and and it says CK on the side, and I go, yeah, look, it's CK. It's a CK jacket. Do you, mind, do you mind if I wear this in front of you? <laughs> and you're, you leave. What's the story with him? He's like he left like a bunch of weird voicemails, or he just called like up and coming female comedians. Um, the story, I don't know all the details, but I thought the story on him was he solicited, he would solicit to, I was going to say people, but I think it was mainly women. He would, he would ask them if it's okay if he, um, uh, pleasures himself in front of them. And, and, uh, and as a comedian, is that something that you have to deal with quite a bit with? What, like me, like (laughs) <laughs> like, do I ask that a lot? No, I don't. Either I don't way, ask, yeah. I don't ask anyone. I don't ask anyone. I just, yeah. I, I, I think. Uh, I think it was actually normal for him, though. I, I listened to an interview that Sarah, Sarah Silverman did with him, and she said that um, that was just something that he was into. Was like watching others, you know, masturbate, and then others watching him masturbate. Like, I think they rode like an elevator one time she said naked just like what like yeah like like louis ck and so like was in the elevator naked with silver sarah silverman yeah she said like they rode the elevator naked uh i think from her apartment or something or from his apartment down to the to the bottom floor and then back up just like just naked just completely naked no not holding naked or was it just louis ck yeah, they were both naked. It was just like a thing that they, it was like a kink thing, you know, it was like just a. And she just went along thing. with it? Yeah, so she was saying that he was just into that kind of stuff, and she was too. Like, she's just, oh, okay. she, she's just like a weirdo too. So she understood, you know, all of the, all of what was happening in the story. And actually, I was, I was uh, listening to uh, audiobook, Amy Poehler. It's called Yes, Please. Yeah. It's her book. But she she just has like so many good things to say about Louis C.K. Because he was I mean like he a, was a guest star in uh, Parks and Rec. He played the cop, like the very like deadpan serious cop. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he, I I thought he was probably like one of my favorite guest. Like Parks and Rec is like my one of my all time favorite shows. And oh, I, I didn't I, I, I didn't know him, that like, about a top you, yeah. five uh, yeah guest star for that show. And it, it, it was kind of hurtful. Like I remember hearing the news about Louis C.K. Like I, I was on the toilet. 
and I was like, damn, this is like one of my favorite comedians, and like I feel really conflicted about it. But it's, yeah. it's tough for like people in the in the comedy community, or like or the or people like get excited because like, oh, there's one less competition. I I can raise up the rank a bit now. <laughs> yeah, there's one less there's one less comedian that's trying to masturbate in front of people. It's like I can yeah. I can finally do what I want to do in this scene, you know. Um, no, I, I every I don't know most most comedians that I've talked to like. You know, I, I don't know. He was a very, I think he was a very noble dude about everything. Like he, he did have, like he was into weird stuff. It's not like he ever, I don't think he ever just, um, I don't think he ever like, it didn't sound like he ever actually harassed anyone though. Uh, I think he would do it. I mean, like, I, I, I think that's like pretty a, harassing. If, like, I mean, like, it's not like, like oh, like uh, asking phys- if that's physically a- like harassing someone, like not like touching someone, but like yeah, I guess it's pretty. Really yeah, I mean, it's definitely pretty weird. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's I don't know. Yeah, I, it's definitely pretty <laughs> weird. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's. I mean, no, but there, there was someone else that came out and said that he was like standing in front of a hotel room door and doing it, and that's pretty. Yeah, that's kind of like that's pretty harassing. I think like how do you you can't get out of the room unless you past the evil monster who's like touching himself you know <laughs> like <a> troll. <laughs> yeah, it's like a troll under a bridge yeah um so i think like i don't know but otherwise it's like his body of work is and i don't even no pun intended there <laughs> but his body his body of work is like incredible you know i don't know i've watched like every episode and, of and it's not just self-gratifying too right no, yeah, it's not. It's uh, he really like really. Come on, man, that was a good joke. And you, and you oh, self gratifying. Yeah. <laughs> His body of work wasn't just self gratifying. <laughs> Penis joke. He, uh, but he talks about that all the time in his stand up too. So it's like you can't, you can't put past you know. Like everybody knows that he masturbated all all the time, to- all the time probably. Like I mean, if you listened to his stand up, I think that's just one thing that you knew about him he had like a joke about uh he has like a joke about about how it's like nice when his kids aren't at the house because he only he only has to see them you know every now and then but because when he does you know when he's doesn't have them he like wakes up with uh i think i think he says like he wakes up with like, like ice cream ice cream on his chest and like oh, okay i thought like, like he just goes goes straight for it like as like i think he's divorced he's like, right so he, he drops off his his daughters to i can't the... i can't do his jokes but yeah he says like oh, i'm masturbating and i fell asleep you know masturbating and i ate some ice cream and fell asleep you know it's like it's just he, he just talks about it all the time in his stand-up so um, yeah. But anyway, anyway, we're, so. we're giving a lot of time to Louis C.K. and th- this brings us and to then, our guest for and then the show. amount of time, the amount of <laughs> Louis the C.K. Amount that, yeah, and you wouldn't believe how much Louis Anderson masturbates. No, I'm just but uh, yeah, the so today our show is actually just going to be me and David, and I think it's going to be an exciting show because this really gives us an opportunity to to learn more about David because D- David. As like some of our listeners know, like David is the one that actually brings in all the guests for a dynamic panel, which I really appreciate because mostly all except for Asanamad. I think you brought Asanamad in. Yeah. And like, I I obviously don't know anyone in the comedy community. So I appreciate David bringing in guests for for the show that are very funny, but I think, thank uh, you, Joseph. What we do is we always talk about the guests. We always interview the guests, but we never interview David. We don't know what he's about. So 
I, I just I, I just treat each interview though as if you're actually talking to me. That's just how I get through it. <laughs> That's how you project through it. So <laughs> yeah. today we're gonna give you a chance to like talk about yourself a bit. Yeah, today I don't have to live vicariously <laughs> through our guest. <laughs> so let's ask the obvious questions. What, what's your political affiliation? Because we need yeah, to know that yeah. before uh, <laughs> before the audience can accept you. Yeah, man. Honestly, like, and I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying this to sound like diplomatic whatsoever but i really don't follow politics like after after trump started rerunning for president was the first time that i learned anything about politics and it was just that like it was just that like democrats can lobby yeah for stuff i guess i don't know i still really don't know that's <laughs> I'm exactly like the last yeah. <laughs> person anyone should listen to about politics i was always i was always uh you know, I was such a superficial like voter. I would I, I voted for Obama because I was like, that's a guy I want to listen to for four years. You know, I mean, that's why a lot of people voted for Obama. Like he just yeah, and that's he, not he a good reason to listen and symbolize change and like the country kind of sucked back then. And honestly, well, yeah, but still, yeah, yet, I I didn't even know what change what that would entail. You know, and that's not a healthy vote <laughs> i mean most voters change, don't, like, don't have enough time to like research candidates and stuff like they're they want the quick answer and and you know uh campaign managers take advantage of that you make a very clear cons- not clear but like a very effective concise message and you vote for them right that's true yeah and then i voted for trump because no i'm just kidding <laughs> no <laughs> it, it, like you won't believe how many people voted for trump who also voted for obama because they both symbolize change in a way like right exactly and people yeah people will you know people will um they gravitate towards towards change i mean i mean we want we always do want the better you know the 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 better society that we all long for and whatever it's typically that is typically not whoever's in power you know i i think that's just how it works like yeah, that's definitely true because like i don't think any any president really helped poor people in like in my lifetime i don't know like who really made a real improvement to like the, the working class so every time there's an election you vote for the complete opposite of the last guy right like well and also also the only way that we ever find out that we don't like someone truly in in a position of power yeah is when they become president because then you're like oh this is what you're about well i i'm gonna vote for someone else next time and then we have this four-year eight-year system uh that we've always had as a country so it's like it's always going to be easy to i mean i'm I'm not saying that's wrong you know because like you have to be able to vote someone out of power if you don't like how it's going but um yeah, people always want. Are you saying we should give like Trump most... more more time? Is is that what you're saying on dynamic panel, David? <laughs> that's all he needed. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what those friendly guys that stormed the Capitol were doing. They're just like, give him, give him some more time. He he didn't fix the he didn't build the wall yet. He he needs he's in another four years. You know, dude. When he started when he started making fun of that girl in the wheelchair or whatever. The girl uh, in the wheelchair. Yeah, didn't he didn't he make fun of a girl in the wheelchair in the audience or something? There was like uh like a reporter with like uh like a stutter or something, like uh like some kind of like mental Okay thing. Yeah. It was, it was pretty- yeah, but he's he was like he was like unafraid to like make fun of make fun of someone by in like by like making I don't know, like by making him sound like special like 
mentally challenged like that's well the that's thing is like people are like totally messed up like i don't like, know that's like, like too far. people were like he's definitely gonna lose now because he did that and like you gotta realize like people like some people care. like that they, they don't like it but it's not enough for them to like not vote for him because like i think there's still people in this country that like that like there's <laughs> they're I think like one percent like of the country that are maybe. that crazy but like i wouldn't yeah. say they're the majority the majority of the, the republicans are just like i want to keep my guns and i want to keep my taxes and then like obviously i'm not going to vote for yeah. biden because like democrats you know like have this thing against guns and they want to tax the rich yeah straight up and like um I have I have an interesting take on guns too because like I like going to a gun range and shooting like an assault rifle, but I don't think anyone should be able to buy an assault rifle outside, or like even yeah even use it outside yeah like why do you need an assault rifle outside of a gun range? How how is that feeling like like what's the I mean if you're really trying to if you're really trying to overthrow the government then I think there's definitely still always going to be a black market but why should the government also sell you the guns I don't know that seems weird. I think I think like I kind of feel like you can buy it. You should be able to buy whatever gun you want, but like I like think, rocket launchers and stuff too. <laughs> I think the mental health aspect of the country is the really messed up part. Like that too. No, I mean that's yeah. absolutely true too. Um, and that's yeah, that's like that's like definitely a, you know a big reason that there's like school shootings and stuff. There's there's just like too many. There's just like way too many school shootings. I think in the last like ten years or something alone unless like five years alone you think it's because like the mental health of of children have, have been getting worse and um well yeah i mean it's 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 like both both of it it's like it's like both things it's like the mental like health gun, of gun availability and, and mental health yeah like because you can't you have to like nurture the me- mental state of you know any society you know, or else it's like, it's just going to become chaos. You know, we're going to like live in a, in a land of chaos if people aren't uh, mentally healthy. Yeah. That's exactly also, how like all this yeah. like extreme ideology comes out and like, it's like people want to have a sense of belonging. And like, if you're not feeling great about yourself, it's very natural to want to look down on others. And that's, yeah. Then you're, then you're going to be like, where are the guns? Yeah, and, then, and like, and guns make you look tough. And when you're not mentally stable, like, hey, like the, the gun, like it, it's kind of like my my reason to live. Like it, it shows how how cool I am, and like I want to show off, and I, it gives me some kind of value. You know, what I mean. Oh, absolutely! It's like it's like the big truck mentality. Like it makes you feel better if you. I would imagine. I don't know. Like. <laughs> if you have a gun and you have insecurities, you know, the guns kind of speak for your insecurities. And I, I don't know. I haven't met that many gun owners, but I'm sure like the majority of them hate like the mentally unstable gun owners because it makes them all look like idiots. But like, yeah, I, I guess I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But uh, <laughs> speaking of mental health, how's your mental health? <laughs> it's all right. I guess, I guess it's all right. I don't know. I probably need to, find a therapist we were supposed so. to talk about you but we just talked about <laughs> like gun owners <laughs> like, i didn't really time. know if we were gonna get in my my political affiliation so i just started going for it um my mental health is um i think i mean it's weird like if you think about it like mental health is what it's the psychology of who we are it's like what we immerse ourselves in and and then it's like our output and our behavior 
and then how we manage everything that we, you know, that we put ourselves around our livelihood or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's like, it's all of that. So, so like when you look at like stress, this is how I deal with my, my own mental state. When I look at stress, I have to realize like, where's stress coming from? Um, is there anything that I can do to get rid of it? Um, or is, is there any, a different environment that I can put myself in? Or is there some way that I can channel it out without, um, you know, in a healthy way, like going to do stand-up or can I meditate or can I pray to the good Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. Um, <laughs> hallelujah, yeah. Hallelujah, <laughs> holla back, young, young, boop, boop. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's is, part is, of my prayer. So, like, is stand-up actually good for your mental health? Because, like, I listen to a lot of – like I'm not a comedian, but I, I like listening to comedians on podcasts because I like I kind of like learning about the industry. And this sounds really bad for your mental health because there's like a lot of like uh, tough tough performances. Like the crowd gets on you. You're afraid of getting like you're saying the wrong joke. But are are you saying like it's it's like a relief or is it like actually stressful or is it or is it kind of both? That's a good that's a good point. Yeah, those are all good points. I mean, like yeah, it's it's a difficult it's like one of the most difficult arts like i think if you ask anyone even comedians like you know maybe some comedians wouldn't want to admit it you know but it's like it's definitely it's it's a it's a strange art because you mix public speaking uh with with your mental state um with some kind of like resolution and most of the time you know the the resolution is not complete and that's like that's an unfunny joke you know in stand-up it's just you're not you're not funny because you didn't resolve it you didn't resolve your tragedy enough or whatever you know whatever well, at the end observation of the, the joke, is you just gotta is. talk about your penis right that's, that's what uh, tracy morgan used to say <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but that's that's like i mean that's what it comes down to is like i guess i guess only because i've been doing it for like seven years now i feel like it's easier to go out and do a mic and find and just find peace in all of it. Whereas like when I first started, you know, like year two or three, man, you just like go out and you're like, not, you're not really like sure of what your own voice is. So you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be funny, but I'll try to be funny around these people before the show. And, uh, and then if I'm not funny around them, maybe I'm funny on stage. And so if you're not funny through any of it and then you, and then you throw like alcohol in there, you can just become like an, like a, like a wreck, you know? Like are, an you, are you, have, have you always been like a, like a funny guy, like a funny kid? And then you, and then you decided to, to do stand up, or is it, is it something that you kind of develop later in life? Like the, the humor? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Like, I don't think I've always been the type of funny that, um that's typical of typical in stand-up like um you know like i i i think i i think i kind of grew up being more of like a like a bo Bur i love bo burnham but i i grew up kind of being more like that kind of funny you know like oh something's funny put it in a song but i'm never like afraid to say like you know the <laughs> kind of like the harsh truth also and then i and then i was also like a very punny person growing up um but then my my dad growing up he was always the kind of funny where you know he would tell a a joke oh, so you got a farmer da, 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 like 
uh, farmer farmers raising these pigs and then the joke ends in him fucking the pigs or something weird you know like <laughs> how old were you when your dad told you the, the effing a pig joke that one actually that one i heard recently but okay but he would still like seven or something yeah but still yet yeah, when i was like a, when i was a kid he would t- he would tell uh oh how do you get a how do you get a one-armed pollock out of a tree you gotta wave to him you know like <laughs> <laughs> oh Pollock, those guys are so stupid you know <laughs> it was like I'm, what i'm not exactly sure horrible. what a Pollock is, uh, is that a it's just for someone yeah it's supposed to be a polish person someone from from poland you know and, and uh and so it was he always had this like perpetuating you know he was always perpetuating the stereotypes um you know the blonde jokes the Pollock jokes the but was he the, was he very naturally R, funny or did he just the r word i'm not even gonna say the r word because i don't it's just us i don't want us to get canceled <laughs> but, but was, was your dad very naturally funny or was he like just reading off jokes in a joke book or something but he can present it um i think i think those were yeah those were things he had heard before and he just remembered all of them but he was a know? good uh showman like over like the he years can, he can say it in a very funny way right oh yeah absolutely yeah because his uh, he was in, my dad was in the Navy. And so, you know, he had this, he had that very, you know, uh, commanding authoritative voice about him. But then my, my, his dad, my grandfather was in the Marine Corps for 27 years. So he, he absolutely was always the life, the life of the party. He was just like one step ahead of, of everyone, you know, like, uh, so I guess the question also, is like, why grandpa, did you not grandpa, join the military? Like, it seemed like it was a, a Frida's family tradition. <laughs> Um, well, I showed up, I did show up at a recruiter's office, but then he said something about my purse and I was like, <laughs> what's wrong with having a purse? You know? No, I don't know. I was just <laughs> I was like the, the military was never like, I don't know. It never seemed like an option. Cause I, I got into theater way early on as a kid. Mm-hmm. How old? Like, well, I guess not super early on, but I was like, High school. I was I was like nine years old when my brother, when my oldest brother was in theater. So I was like, that's what I want to do when I'm in high school, you know, um, in five years or what, whatever that would have been. So then I, then I went to high school and then I got into theater and I was singing and then I was in band and, and, uh, and I was just never like, Oh yeah, this is all going to play out to be in the military one day. You know, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't There's know. No I show tunes think. in the military. <laughs> yeah. In the <laughs> Yeah, in the Navy, the Marine Corps is fine, too, in the Navy. We don't I, fight with each other. I find it funny that the Navy, like, actually, like, financed a music video to that song, not knowing, <laughs> like, the village people is, like, this gay New York, like, like, <laughs> like a band or whatever it is. Yeah, so, like, uh, but but there was, like, a Father's Day one time where I, I, I told my dad I was thinking about joining the Army. And he just said, uh, oh, why, why would you want to do that? And I was like, oh, I just think it'd be good to serve my country. And he's like, oh, no, you don't want to serve your country at a time like this. Was this during the uh, Iraq was, War? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Well, but You're not that old. You're, you're like the same age. No. Yeah. No, I was, uh, this was like That's 2010. Yeah. So, oh, well, 2010, like we could have still been, I think. It was the Afghan War. Yeah, but I yeah exactly yeah for for oil or whatever the fight for oil anyway so yeah so that i was it was never really like i never really thought that that would be any kind of path for me but i did i did think like 
you know, I did, I did know that I liked to perform, you know, already when I was, I guess, 18, by the time I was 18, I was like, I already know I want to perform. So did you ever consider so, like going like, but you, you went to college cause we went to college together and it's like, it was just the thing you had to do. You didn't want to just pursue like the, the creative arts right away. Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing. So, yeah. So we were talking about um, like being funny. And then by the time I got to college, I, I was, de- I definitely actually was like the funny, like I was the witty kid in, uh, I played volleyball too, mm-hmm. but, but um, I was definitely like the most witty person, but I saw, I saw it as like, if you can make everyone laugh, then everyone like would play harder, you know, cause everyone's like upbeat good and good spirits um but then if you made them laugh too hard then they're just completely distracted i thought you were just talking trash to the other team the whole time (laughs) i I would sometimes yeah i would sometimes because they were so much i'm like five three and a half tall you know so uh and i always say a half because i think like it's gonna make me grow more or something i don't know did you like smoke when you were little or like like, uh, like i did i did smoke weed when i was like 14 so i probably stopped growing yeah, and I had I had a lot of coffee when I was, by the time I was like sixteen, I was drinking coffee like all the time because of calculus, man. Calculus sucks. I mean, uh, but um, yeah, you made it to college and uh, you made the volleyball team laugh. You you were trying TV too, like uh, you like that's where we met, and that that was a group of very yeah. creative people. And like like being a funny funny person in a room of creative people is is actually kind of shows your value too because like we're all like kind of thinking in in that way and then you were able to make all of us laugh right yeah that that was like a i i did at that point feel like i could walk into a room and kind of like start talking to people and just figure out what everyone's like doing and has been talking about and then just kind of like make fun of it but also at the same time like i would i would go to parties and stuff um when I, when we were in college outside of Triton TV or, or in Triton TV, but I would, I would kind of like, I don't know. It was weird. It's, it's like, I had this, I almost had this like disconnect from actually getting to know people because I was at this point, I was like, you know, I'm like 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. And I just, I was, I was almost always thinking of only the joke. So it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wouldn't benefit me just because I, I, I never got to really know people. I was like, they were always seeing a side of me that was only trying to entertain, you know, never, never to, you know. So like when you're say, in a conversation about who I was, were you just like trying to think like, how do I make this person laugh? Like you weren't trying to like have a, like a real conversation or like not. not yeah, pretty much. Yeah. How can I make this person laugh or how can we laugh together about something that, that they said or about something that happened or something, you know, I was always just like in a different world. Like often, actually often times I would, I would, people would be talking about something and I would say, Oh, what were you guys talking about? Like I was just completely absent from the whole thing. But And is this like uh, something like you grew up with? Like, is this like, is this where you think you find your value in making someone laugh or like, is this kind of like, how I definitely, you pay attention? Yeah, I definitely think so. Like it kind of goes back to, um, I, I have talked, like I have done like therapy and stuff and talked about it, um, with, you know, 
with a professional, I guess, <laughs> with a professional, as opposed to like talking to a homeless guy on the street. <laughs> that's how I get my therapy. There's, there's plenty of them in San <laughs> It probably wouldn't be too bad. I just walk up to a guy. I'm like, so my dad was kind of uh, negligent, and I. Uh... <laughs> no, yeah, I I would um, I remember as a kid. So I grew up. I grew up with two older brothers, and. And I remember as a kid, you know, we would go visit my dad and every other weekend and he would go do work at a construction site while like I stayed in the car and my brothers would help him. He would pick us up sometimes and be like, hey, hey, what do you guys want to do this weekend? And I would go, uh, I want to go to Disneyland. And he'd go, oh, yeah, 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 we'll go to Disneyland. I just got to get some work done first. And then the entire rest of the weekend, we'd just be working. And I think it took a few years after he asked that question before we actually went to Disneyland. Why were you such a selfish kid, David? Why did you want to go? Yeah. Don't you know the cost for someone that works in construction? <laughs> yeah. How dare I? <laughs> um, yeah. So he probably, yeah, that's probably what it was. He just saved up the money after five years. Actually. Yeah. That's kind of a big ask too. I don't know. Like I want to go to Disneyland. But but did you um, connect with your father when when you when you made him laugh? Is that like kind of uh... no? Oh, so that's the thing. So yeah, so he would he would actually just like he was probably like telling those street jokes to my brothers or something. But he, they would be like laughing about something, and and then I would I would try to like say something to join in. And at this point, I was probably like seven years old or something. And he would uh, he would point to he would point at me and go, uh, "Not funny." yeah and so it's really it was really yeah it's really like the toughest crowd you know like (laughs) so you uh, put him in in the audience for all your stand-up shows now and just uh, to prove him wrong i should yeah (laughs) he actually did go to an open mic one time that was um embarrassing that was interesting well he i think he fell i think he fell asleep or he just was like maybe he was thinking of other jokes or something i don't know my dad gets high so it's like if you're you know if you're always high, like you're going to be asleep, you know? Um, I, I don't know if that's true. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably just justifying him. Sometimes not you're not asleep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, so, so, you know, I think, I think going into theater and kind of like using humor throughout volleyball and go and going into college, it was always, it was always very easy for me to kind of like get lost in that, like, you know, searching for the funny. And then, uh, and then it wasn't until after college that I joined that I, that I started doing stand up that I realized, Oh, like these comedians, they're not always trying to be funny, but, but they are sometimes also like they would go on stage, be funny. And then off stage, they would just be having conversations, which sometimes turned out to be funny too. And then I was like, Oh, if you just kind of like live in the moment, you can still find funny you know, and it's actually more, I felt like it's actually more meaningful too. So that's something you learn from, from comedians when you're, uh, when you start doing stand up. like you don't have to be on all the time. You can, you can be real. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I and thought being, that was a huge. And being real can actually develop the joke even better than just. Uh, yeah, to totally. And, and I think that's what can develop like, you know, a screenplay or a sketch or anything a lot better, you know, in terms of entertainment is actually finding the story and the meaning behind the, the premise, you know, instead of always just trying to find like the witty thing to say, you figure out, um, you end up discovering more about the reason that the joke is 
even written, you know? Yeah. Well, we're glad that you, I'm, oh, I'm really glad that you agreed to be on the show with me because I knew two comedians in my life, like since college actually. And, uh, I'm glad that one of them accepted the invitation to be on dynamic panel. And, and it turned out that you're great in impressions too, which. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's so funny. Like, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't know that when, until the second show when your, your guest said like, Dave is really great on, at impressions. I'm like, well, we can definitely utilize this. And the yeah, first Richard impression you did was Celine Dion. And then we're like, okay, maybe David can't utilize this. For <laughs> <laughs> but then we, we finally get, we gave you some prep before every, every episode. And- that had to have been the hardest impression I think I've ever done also. So it was, it was funny. Yeah. That it was the first one. I yeah. was like, Oh man. I was like, I just told these guys that I could do voices and I don't think I can do this one. <laughs> Yeah, but that was yeah, that was good. Yeah, shout out to Richard. Did you know actually Richard? Um he's like he he's listened to like every episode wow. that we've so he, done. He's, he's one the, of our He's the consistent yeah. listener. It's it's Richard and my friend Gary. He he texts me. Gary was actually on the show one time. He was a, he's the Irish guy. So uh, Oh cool. Yeah, I remember Gary. I remember when you had me uh on the what was the international podcast youtube show that you did yeah i did a for, like for, the, foreigners talk american yeah foreigners talk american and we were I talking about millennials like and then we had you and, that, and that's the first time that that kind of elevated me asking you to be the, the host on, on this show because like uh i was on facebook and then like i noticed that you always post comedy bits and then i want someone funny on on foreigners talk american to, to talk about millennials and then i, thought, like, I got a real comedian and then oh, cool. we have like a rapport then like yeah we can actually do something well yeah yeah while we're here in this in this moment yeah i'm glad i'm really glad that you asked me to do the show and that we and that we uh yeah we we can write this funny stuff together i i had never even like really thought to even start putting characters and impressions out there um like i always just kind of did them in the shower or whatever and then and then I would end up doing them somewhere else. And then some, someone would be like, oh, you need to put this out there. So this is like the first production, I think, with, you know, with you. This is the first type of production where I put any impressions out. So it's fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. All right. And on that note, let's, let's start the, the new stories. And, it's- <laughs> and on, that note, on that note, let's start the second half of David Allen Freitas' interview. <laughs> I, was like, I was like considering, like, we're already half an hour into We just do like the whole thing as an interview. But, but no, no, we're, no, we're dynamic. No. What we do is we, we talk about the let's most go. important news stories of the week. And it should come to no surprise that our first news story is Facebook now telling users that someone that they know is becoming an extremist. So a pop-up will show up when people are exposed to extremist stories and all this fake news kind of propaganda kind of stuff. David, what, what is on your Facebook news feed? Oh man, that's a good question. I can actually, uh, I can pull it up right now. Actually, yeah. I, I already did pull it up. Um, I mostly post like, like shows that are coming up. Um, man, like when I was in college, I remember I, I only used to post, I only used to post relationship stuff. Like, just pictures really like hey we're at mcdonald's now yeah with my ex yeah yeah my ex now i thought you were like fishing for like hey hey girls i'm, I'm looking at a sunset aren't, aren't i romantic yeah that i should have done that to prepare for um after the breakup no <laughs> i don't need well i don't need that anymore but this yeah like okay so in my, car, my like all these hunky stuff 
Yeah. I have a uh, Okay, so I have like a show I posted, a show I posted. Oh, and I have uh I have when Alexis and I went to Alexis and I went to Hurricane Harbor. Um and then and then I'll just post these, you know, uh, these random things that probably aren't funny. I I'm in the field of speaking publicly and the only shoes I be buying Oh, I meant to put, I can't even spell. Actually, I shouldn't be posting anything on Facebook. The only shoes I'll be buying is what I meant from now on are Converse because I'm, because I'm speaking publicly, but that, see, that doesn't even really make sense. You know, yeah, Converse are not comfortable in my opinion. You got to buy like a nice running shoe. They're, they're- well, the whole thing there is like, I'm going to converse with people, but speaking publicly is actually not even conversing. <laughs> it's <laughs> so- Converse. Yeah, it's conversing. And then I also posted a I like ice cream to a fault. That's just a thing about me, you know. So, like that that's what you post, but you, do you actually get any like uh like news from from Facebook? It's not typically someone like in our age group like I, mean, I don't read news on Facebook usually. And but I think like an older generation actually that that's where they get they interact with, with news the most because like uh, they're not always on, on TV anymore. They're not, not always watching CNN or Fox news or whatnot. Right. I mean, I mean for a while I was, but I, I think I stopped, I, I stopped following people that would post like <laughs> politically relevant stuff. I think. And do you, I don't, do you find it to be like, like people yeah. of an older generation or is it like, like a certain friend group of yours that, that kind of like fell into this crack of like posting all these uh, political news and stuff like that? It was definitely, it was definitely, yeah, all of my friends that were older, like 40s and older. Um, not, I have like siblings that are uh, getting close to their 40s, but they, it wasn't them. They, my, my family's pretty good about just keeping politics outside of Facebook. It's like they use it for it's family, you know, like family book. But I have, I have friends like all that I have on my, uh, my feed Oh, you asked about my feed, not about my my page, huh? I read your yeah. stuff from my page. <laughs> you just like listed out <laughs> all the videos, <laughs> which anyone yeah, can if... go on to David's Facebook page and and look up his uh, <laughs> his his. What if, what if all I had on my what if yeah? What if all I had on my on my Facebook news feed was my posts? Like, not only is it my page, but that's also my feed. <laughs> that's the only thing I like. I restrict my settings. Only the only thing that I post will show up <laughs> to my page. Yeah. Only my, I, me. I have a friend that actually uh, he's a, he's a lawyer, but he's also a comedian. But he does a lot of he he does a lot of jokes. Let me see. Um, he he pops up on my news feed all the time. He does a lot of like. Kind of like your 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 silly dad jokes almost. Um, technically speaking, every argument advanced by an atheist is made with bad faith. Boom! Did you write that? But don't. Psh. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he wrote it. He's he's uh he only writes his own jokes. This is a uh, Jordan Parker. That's a shout out to Jordan Parker. What if I just didn't say his name? I just <laughs> read his joke. You should just uh, claim anonymous. Yeah, <laughs> anonymous, anonymous comic. Um, but yeah, so I, I try to keep, I think I try to keep like comedians on my Facebook, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited about, you know, who getting the notification of like, who's an extremist now. uh, Yeah. Who do they see as an extremist? Like, are they a religious extremist? Are they, um, a political extremist? Like, where's that line being drawn, you know, and can I cross it? 
you know, I want to cross it. <laughs> I, I, I find <laughs> it really fascinating, like what, what they can do to offer support to someone that like they identify as an extremist. Like, it, it, yeah, like on, on the pop up, it says like, uh, do you need support for this? And like, I always, I want to, I want to know like what happens when you press that button, do you get taken to a, like a Facebook video call with someone of the, the race that you hate or something, or the religious group that you're against? <laughs> like, right. or, but like, it's yeah, the nicest guy, like the night, like if you're a Nazi, it's like the nicest Jewish guy talks to you and like, just uh, tries, to, tries to talk you out of being a neo-Nazi or whatever. I think, I think that's what Facebook could do because they, they have everything yeah. ready. It should. It Facebook should actually tell you if it thinks you're an extremist. Also, that would be fun. I think <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like I'm so happy to be a neo-Nazi, and they're like, "Are you concerned that you are becoming?" I mean, an extremist? Facebook's definitely <laughs> listening to you. Like they know every every ad that I get for Facebook. It's so tailor made for me. It's so creepy. I looked up like, yeah. a specific type of shoe on, on like a computer that wasn't logged into my account today, and on my Facebook profile, like. <laughs> Just, oh no totally yeah it 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 does that with uh what was there was a yeah i think i was talking about baby like about babies or about my niece my niece and nephew or something and then and then these diaper ads popped up and i was like oh hide hide that hide that for like 15 years i don't know <laughs> i'm not ready to have even thoughts about kids but, but the facebook ads should be like anti-hate groups if, if you're uh if you're if you're falling into ext- extreme behavior. right right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah they should just start they should start market like if you're if you're like a neo-nazi they start sending you like uh oh this is kosher <laughs> buy some kosher <laughs> kosher beef or something <laughs> buy kosher matzo balls <laughs> or like it's just something positive like a really or like a really funny stand-up set from from jerry seinfeld who's who's jewish right and then yeah and like you start laughing, it's like, oh, I can't be mad at them anymore. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> when I he can't. talks about airline peanuts, oh, I can't stay mad. And then your next Facebook post is, uh, I don't hate like I used to. Yeah, J- Jerry Seinfeld I can't changed hate like my I mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think any other uh, Facebook warnings would be useful besides the extremist one? Like, uh, um, if yeah, you're, like your ex is stalking your page. Yeah, or it's like you get a notification the next morning after you're drunk and it says like, you liked your ex's photo <laughs> <laughs> and you're like what but like, it just says Facebook it says your ex it doesn't too. like it just like, yeah just by the way you shake your well, i guess it would say you liked no it doesn't say when you like something does it, it does it does yeah oh it does huh i like your photo right That's now just to prove it no nah, well no but what about when when you like but it's not going to say that like you liked oh David's wait yeah yeah photo. you're right you're right you're right you, you yeah. know what i mean yeah, so it's they don't yeah. say like you like yeah david's photo like, it'll say like joseph liked your photo yeah. my photo but it's not going to say like you've liked joseph's photo so that's exactly know? why facebook should, should make this new notification where yeah it should be telling it should be <laughs> you got a suspicious like, amount of likes to your ex-girlfriend <laughs> yeah do you really like this person's uh post do you really like it or or was that from, from 2017 yeah when you is this a facade you're putting yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i don't know i think they should do that and uh yeah they could probably they could definitely monitor when you're drinking they 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 should also tell you like what it like like oh the type of stuff that you're liking is starting to come off as like uh 
like a kind of blue lives mattery you know like, <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on like a like 70 percent blue lives matter right? <laughs> yeah this like is the type of <laughs> this is a very ex- exact science to facebook there's a very data driven you know you yeah you're becoming very um very uh storm the capital like you know esque or uh and and then like there's specific ads for like the the horns that that guy was wearing or like, the bull horns like the, the storm the capital guy, or or I think like if you're um if you know because Facebook probably knows if you like support QAnon or something it should be like a they they should do like Netflix does and say like are you still a supporter of QAnon <laughs> like, <laughs> like just, just are you still watching <laughs> yeah are you still watching uh, are you <laughs> If not, Are would you, you st- like to uh, join another cult that Facebook might recommend? Yeah, it's uh, it's but it's a positive 30- cult, like like uh, like, a, like yoga cult or something. Yeah, yeah, it should say like it's May thirty first. Um, are you still anti pride? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, July first. Like the, the the month is June, right? Oh for- uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there is there anything that extremists can use after Facebook after they get all these warnings and they have to log off? I, I think Trump was like starting a new like social media. I I, I don't know if it actually launched though. He probably will, dude. I don't know. I don't I don't put it past him. Like, I think Trump's the type of dude who like, you know when you know when someone comes up with an idea and they're like, man, this this would be crazy, man. This would be crazy if we did this. And you're like, you'll never come up. You'll never actually follow through with that. Like Trump actually does follow through, and you're like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! I didn't know." You he's don't actually think I'll gonna... run for president to uh, shut up Obama? <laughs> yeah, let me show you. Yeah, he's gonna be like, "I'm gonna come up with my own social media. It's gonna be called Trump Trump Face." Or it's, something. Actually, it's actually called Getter. If, if anyone's uh, <laughs> really, oh, yeah, oh, he's good. already got it going, and it looks suspiciously like Twitter. Uh, Getter? What's yeah, it? it's called Getter. Uh, Getter G- app. It's like the word getter without E at the end. Get R. But yeah, so. Where is that? I wonder where that comes from. Like if you're becoming he... extremists, uh, go ahead and go to. Uh, Trump's oh, name. this is the free speech. Okay, I'm looking it up. Free speech social network, social media. Free speech, network. but you're not allowed to criticize Trump. That's the, the one rule. That's the one rule? No, nah, I, don't, I don't know. What it's got to be. Yeah. It's probably. It's like, be. Yeah, it's probably rules. It'll, it'll probably just end up badly. But anyway, let's get to our next story. From extremists to expensive. <laughs> Walmart to offer own low-cost brand of insulin. So Walmart would have its brand of insulin where uh, the, the customers can save as much as $101 per vial of insulin or $251 per pack of pre-filled insulin pens. Uh, do you think, uh, what, what do you think corporations should do for healthcare next after uh, Walmart has its own brand of insulin? Should, uh, should Amazon like give out STD tests or something too? To, to compete with them <laughs> Amazon. yeah i think like pornhub should give out free <laughs> std tests <laughs> no por- pornhub doesn't need any std tests because there's a lot of lonely guys on, on pornhub. yeah that's true yeah no one has they're, STD. they're not watching pornhub if they're, uh... <laughs> you can't get an std from your keyboard um... uh, well you don't know how dirty my keyboard is <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know i mean it's <laughs> i hate to say it but i feel like this is like it's <laughs> It's kind of, it's almost too late, you know, like, um, like why didn't, I don't know why, why was this something that. Yeah. Like Walmart's Walmart, been in business for like 
I don't know, like since the the. Yeah, I want to. I want to say hundreds of years, but it's It's not. not I know it's not, but yeah, (laughs) like Walmart and uh, McDonald's should be on this too. Starbucks definitely needs to be helping out with this. Uh, This is great because, like, once Walmart does it, then like Amazon's gonna. Oh, you can do this. Like, uh, we gotta do this too, and then like there's competition all of a sudden instead of like the healthcare companies just like having the free right to just like charge whatever it wants. Amazon, Amazon should be giving out um, free, like uh, urinary tract infection care. I think for their, for their drivers. Cause they yeah. can't, they can never <laughs> use the restroom. Or at least bigger pee <laughs> bottles for them. Yeah. Bigger, bigger bottles. They're going into the bottle and bottle yeah, like industry. One liter is not big enough to hold all the pee for a day. I, th- I think you need at least a gallon or something. Well, yeah. And why is Coca-Cola not like a huge part of this too? Like, I don't understand, you know, you know what I mean? It's just stuff like this just kind of makes me just like doubt whether or not this is, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't seem, it just seems like such a small step you know, small step for a man, even smaller step for mankind, you know? <laughs> even small, even smaller step for diabetics. Yeah. Like, that's, I thought that's where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was. Yeah. That's where I meant to go. <laughs> you got it. I was, I was almost there. Yeah. Um, actually, but, but those with diabetes also do take small steps, but not, not, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying like, it's just a true thing. My, uh, my, I had, two or three ants that were diabetic when I was growing up. It's a, it's tough, man. Yeah. Tough I mean, life. It's, it's expensive. It's like, it's, it's, it's just kind of like hard on your, your mental health too. Cause like you, like you're, you're constantly like having to test yourself and you can't move as lively as like a normal person. Man. But, um, yeah. actually my, my ex from college, I'm not trying to make this whole episode about her but her her dad had had diabetes and uh yeah and he died from it It was like stage one diabetes i think there's a stage one you mean type one type one that's what i meant stage Stage one one, stages cancer yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um yeah so rest in peace to uh to that dude i forgot his name no i'm just kidding (laughs) rest in peace to to leo but like dude it's like yeah it's just it's 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 a real thing and like i think uh there were so many we've had so many years as a country where it's gone unnoticed you know un, unacknowledged you know it's a but i'm glad i'm glad that we're actually you know that walmart's actually doing maybe they just finally saved up enough money you know to to be able to help out i feel like there's just some kind of like law that changed or some patent law and like as soon as Walmart can make money off of this, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Now they, yeah, now they're, now they're motivated. <laughs> but the ironic thing is like, this is the first time like the capitalism actually helped like make things more affordable. for people. Yeah. F- Pfizer's, <laughs> Pfizer's like, Oh, if you, if you help with this, this insulin pen project, then uh, we'll, we'll give you a million dollars a year as a contract. I don't know how, I don't really know how contracts. Yeah. Work. I don't know how lobbying works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lobbying. But anyway, we got to, to give his input on the story. We got the world's most famous diabetic. You might know him from his legendary commercials from the early two thousands. He's Wilford Brimley. Brim- Brimley. Oh, nice. We got Brimley. All right. Welcome Wilford Brimley. Thank you very much. It's good to be on the show. Uh, Mr. Brimley, we're, we're so excited to have you on the show. 
what, what, what is your take on this? Like Walmart of all places being the good guy and, and giving out cheaper insulin to diabetics. Well, Walmart's a very good place to go. It's where I spent most of my time finding <laughs> what I need. You just hang out at Walmart's, yeah. I would. Uh, there's also a McDonald's at most Walmarts. I enjoy that as well. Uh, talking about McDonald's and them having great prices and all, uh, I would typically buy uh, great value products, which are also uh, uh, distributed at Walmart. That's the uh, like the the Kirkland of Walmart, or like it's like the generic brand for for Walmart, right? Uh, Kirk. Kirkland who? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're not sponsored by Costco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Wilfred. We can't uh we actually can't can't talk about that. Sounds good. So uh, uh Mr. Brimley, how, how did you get diabetes in the first place? I, I guess that's something I always wondered. Well, that's a good question, Joseph. And uh, you know, how do we how do any of us get to where we are in life? I guess Eating too many Twinkies is what all of our answers would be. Eating too many Twinkies? and uh, Did you buy them from, from Walmart? Well, what I have to say about that is, um, Joseph, have you ever bought a Twinkie? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, and so you'll understand that in a pack of Twinkies, it's uh, probably about... A dollar eighty nine or two dollars and nineteen cents, whatever they may charge. Now, if you go with great value with Walmart, <laughs> they've got a generic brand, and uh, you get about fifteen Twinkies. Well, they don't call them Twinkies, but you get you get a lot more, and that's only for a dollar. That's great value. And and how could you say no, right? That was, that was your your meals for the seventies. Right, that's pretty much all I would eat. And throughout the 70s, uh, we would all go, uh, you know, smoke a doobie or do what we had to do out on the flower beds with the musicians and eat our Twinkies. Uh, wow. Uh, so, Mr. Brimley, what, what is something that people don't understand about diabetics? Like, uh, people, people always think that they just eat too much and they kind of deserved it. Is that a misconception? Definitely a misconception. What a lot of people don't understand is uh, you have to keep your blood sugar uh, at a certain level or else you start to pass out. And sometimes when you pass out, uh, you wake up and forget you had diabetes and you go and eat a tub of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that seems like a common scenario. Yep. <laughs> that's absolutely a common reoccurrence when you've got diabetes. And also... Uh, Something that people don't uh, understand very much about diabetics is uh, not only can it be addicting, you know, the sugar and whatnot, but uh, also there's a lot of fun to be had with sugar. I used to, uh, as a kid, I used to take uh, Kool-Aid packets, well, the great value brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And I would I'd put a drop of water in the Kool-Aid with the sugar Mix it around and build little dinosaurs. After that, I'd eat the dinosaurs. Yeah, that sounds like a really fun uh, activity. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that that, that sounds like a lot of fun, Wilfred. Uh, Wilfred, how did, how did you pronounce diabetes again? 
Well, you like to say it, uh, diabetes. Uh, I pronounce it like every American should, diabetes. Okay, that's that's right. Um, Diabetes. Diabetes. You know, Wilford, I'm actually... I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry, Joseph. I just wanted to elaborate on why I say it like that. It's because for us diabetics, it'll beat us. Oh. If we're not careful. That's uh that's uh Wow, I like I like that's a good pun, Wilfred. You know what? Speaking of that, I'm on your Wikipedia page and I didn't realize this, but it says you you died in August of two thousand twenty. Is that right, <laughs> It's interesting that you bring that up, Joseph. I am dead and it did beat us. Uh but I don't let it affect uh, how I deal with the underworld and uh, and heaven. I like to go back and forth. I am in the diabetes heaven, as they call it here. So, so is is there diabetes in in heaven, Mister Brimley? Oh, there absolutely is diabetes in heaven. Uh, it doesn't go away. Uh, but what's nice about it is that it kind of turns around. It does a little one eighty for you. Uh, and it's uh, easier to get back on the horse up here in diabetes heaven. Uh, for instance, whenever you eat uh, sugar, it's actually good for you. Oh, so it's like the opposite and, uh, of uh, regular life. Like in diabetes heaven, sh- sugar is actually good for you. Right. Sugar, actually, I'm actually, uh, I've actually lost uh, over 120 pounds since I've been in heaven. Oh, good for you. So, so uh, there's, there's no diabetes in diabetes heaven. Is that, is that what you're saying? That's, uh, I wish I could say that that's true, Joseph, but uh, what actually uh, does happen is if you uh, eat any vegetables whatsoever, you end up getting uh, the mild, you know, the uh, commonly known uh, diabetes, as it was uh, down where you are, uh, where you start to lose the hair on your legs. It's unfortunate. So I just stay away from eating any vegetables. Kale is probably the worst for you. Oh wow, that's uh, that's fascinating. Well, I, I look forward to meeting you. I guess in the afterlife, if I make it to diabetes heaven. <laughs> hey, 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 Joseph! Uh, all I gotta say is, uh, I'll just start eating hey, some of great value. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Start with the great value, and uh, is, is and there great value in, in in heaven? By the way, is there? Is there a... <laughs> uh, absolutely. Once once you get up here, uh, you'll see that. Uh, there's plenty of toilet paper to go around, and all the all the great value Twinkies you can eat is there like all you can eat buffet over there. And and you never ask where the cream filling is; it's right there in the center. Oh man, that was fun, uh, David. I, I won't ask you if you have any questions for Wilford Brimley because I can see you're busy right now. So we'll we'll just let Wilford Brimley go. Th- thank you, sir. Oh, uh, thank you very much, Joseph, and uh, it's a sweet life. It's a sweet that's for sure. Man, he really makes uh, diabetes, diabetes, I should say, sound uh, not so bad. You know, he really didn't let it get to him. That's yeah. good. Very positive. All right, let's yeah. quickly get to our last story. From diabetes to, to bills, North Carolina bills aims to stop prosecuting six-year-olds. Uh, David, what age do you think is appropriate to start prosecuting children? Now that six-year-olds aren't allowed to be uh, prosecuted in North Carolina, I think right away, man, right out of the oh, right on. out of the <laughs> womb. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
honestly, like, I, I don't know. I think, like, prosecuting probably, like, man, I don't know. Kids are growing up these fast these days. Like, dude, these, like, gen – yeah, Gen but like Z, when you Gen prosecute Z. a kid, when you put him in jail, you I think you just ruin his psychological mental health for like You're probably the, gonna make him worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually. Like, <laughs> like when you're five years old or six years old, like I'm a criminal now, that's that's all I can be. And like you like it's just like starts yeah. I think the punishment yeah. should just be like him getting adopted by a rich family for a month and then just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with structure, yeah. Yeah, just the that, I don't know, man, probably probably like sixteen at the at the earliest now. Yeah, I, I think like like people still commit crimes before sixteen, but like the punishment needs to be smarter than than just jail. It's got to be like something that puts them on the right track. Because well, the whole like, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, something to put them on the right track. Like the whole point is that you know as as children we're we're able to. I mean, not we. I'm not like saying like as if I'm a child. You know, me as a child. Yeah, uh, as, I'm speaking as a minor for all child, kids. Yeah. No, I mean, but as kids, like, kids are correctable because, like, the their mind is still developing. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, the, if if the if it's such a bad kid, there was probably something wrong with the parents. You know, I think parents are, I think parents are constantly like trying to get out of the, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to justify or they're they're trying to get out of accountability these days. Parents kind are. Of- get out of raising their kids by sending them to jail, like tricking them into committing crimes and sending them to jail. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. They're trying. Yeah. They're just, like, they're just, they're just like, yeah, let's just send them to jail where they're gonna, it's like, how, how long of a sentence do you give a six year old? You know, yeah, what think, does a six year old even do in the yard or whatever? You know, how you get like an hour in the yard. I mean, like I, it's sad, but like play with blocks. Kids, like <laughs> kids, kids can join up, join gangs if they're in the wrong neighborhood, and like it can start really early, like six years old. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't. But yeah, I don't it doesn't mean that they're not correctable old. at that age, and it, it means that like putting. I mean, like there's there has to be punishment, but it has to be smarter. I, I think what like, happened? Should, like what happened to just giving a kid a noogie for like being a bad kid? You know. I think because every kid has a cell phone now, like if they do something bad, they have to make a. a Is that word offensive? Am I allowed to say noogie? (laughs) No, but I'll I'll cut that out. Okay. Every kid has a cell phone. So like he should just make an apology video and then send it to every one of his contacts. And then all his friends will embarrass him from that on. And that'll stop him from making, from doing crime anymore. Cause he'll be so embarrassed that he got caught. Yeah. We shouldn't be prosecuting six year olds. We should just cyber bully them. (laughs) Like they're so fragile, probably like, you know, I don't even know if can six year olds even like read what's on comments on YouTube. I mean, it's all emojis now and really poor spelling. So yeah, they're like, I can't believe this guy said that I'm a, what is it? Mom, what does this say that I am? <laughs> it says you're an idiot. <laughs> I can't believe he said I'm an idiot. <laughs> idiot is too advanced of a word for, for that community. For like, for, for like <laughs> yeah. Instagram comments. From or... another six-year-old too, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just you're... dumbass or dummy. It says you're a butthead. <laughs> it says you're a butthead. Anyway, on that note, it's time to end the show. So uh, do you have anything to promote before uh, we close out? Yeah, man. Actually, I'm pretty excited. Um, Big shows. Yeah, I got a show coming up on the 26th. It's in three weeks. Uh, it's going to be in Thousand Oaks. Um, so if you're listening, uh, 
you don't you don't have to buy tickets it's actually you can you can get tickets at at the show i don't think we're selling online tickets right now but um but you just go to um it's going to be at 7 p.m on july 26th at tarantula hill brewery um they have a huge yeah in thousand oaks california um i don't know why i said that in a spanish accent it's not like (laughs) it's originally by mexicans but um but yeah so i have that show coming up um I also just started producing shows at a place called Wine Therapy in Santa Barbara. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, what is producing? Like just organizing and getting com- comics to, to go? Yeah, yeah. Booking the talent, uh, promoting it, printing out flyers and passing out flyers. I work with a, a producer named uh, Sue Scaduto. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just trying to, trying to bring comedy back to the live people. The living people, not Wilford <laughs> Brimley. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Wilford. Rest okay. in rest in Reese's pieces, Wilford. So if you're you're in Thousand Oaks or that area of Santa Barbara, ch- check that out. So uh, for David, my name is Joseph, and thank you for listening to Dynamic Panel. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what it is. Everything we do, we do big. Yeah. Uh-huh. Screaming that when I start up the mic. Rip in my show when you hear it, you know everything. We tell it all from the top to where the news is on it. Listen to the panel.